Welcome in to another edition of Noon Dish Live. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's the man that is important, Don Callahan, Inside Carolina's football recruiting expert. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com is our sponsor. into this no first of all top five podcasts sports podcasts that you listen to on the regular so like the noon dish is one podcast uh the should we exclude the new dish because if you're here right now the noon dish is probably in your top five right all right we could use a little two okay. of our horns all right that's fine so top five po- sports podcasts that you listen to regularly. I'm going to be honest. I might have to take sit this one out because I don't listen to much really? other than Inside Carolina. So when you go on these walks, what do you, what do you, do you listen to music? Um, it varies. If there's, you know, I'll listen to cover three with Bud and the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was another that I used to listen to that I just, I can't, I can't get with the people that are so me first. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like I don't need to hear about me 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 when i listen to stuff so i've kind of backed off of those um, but i listen to a lot of music i listen to a couple golf shows but nothing nothing on the regular you have five that you listen to oh yeah i mean i listen to podcasts i don't i don't listen to a whole lot of music anymore you i know. listen to music I'll, I'll get my playlist on youtube music and uh just roll and the cool thing about it is if i listen to some song that's different and it'll filter all that in. But anyway, top five podcasts, sports podcasts that you listen to on the regular. We'll discuss that at the end of the show. And I mentioned and nothing T- like nothing like documentary sort of stuff. I mean, I have plenty of those, but, you know, stuff that's regular. Yeah, that drops, you know, a couple times a week, once a week at least, you know, some drop every day. Um, but like I said, the noon dish would be one. Uh if you listen to the game plan podcast that we're starting in a couple of weeks, that's another same with on the beat live. That's another, um, anything players lounge related or, or next level or whatever. Those are, those are separate podcasts. So might be a prize for somebody that loads up on all five inside Carolina podcasts, but we'll get to them. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I picked this top five selfishly because I wanted to hear what everybody else is listening to, you know, preparing for the college football season. I have my go-tos, but I'm always, open to listen to others and try them out and see if I like them. I have definitely, I mean, I've been a big podcast person for a while and I definitely have started with one and then started a new one and then stopped listening to that, that just naturally stopped listening to that first one. So we also have our MVP from um, last week is, and I think I saw him in here, Will Reason. And it looks like, uh, you know, he mentioned last week that he typically can't get in here so, um, you know, congratulate, congratulations, Will. This is, uh, this podcast or this edition of the noon dish is dedicated to you, my friend. I'm glad to see that you were able to figure out the work stuff to, to be in here again. So Will, this is for you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times to start these shows, we kind of just talk about whatever the top five is, recognize the MVP so we can let folks filter in here before the before the stuff gets good. Um, 
so yeah shout out to will and you're much obliged will being chat mvp so somebody step up in the chat today let's have a new mvp um, for next week new people in here i love it i mean you know sean's always in there joseph womack i don't really recognize the name um but yeah so it is a um it is a an interesting collection of folks and it's a slow day. It's a slow time, Don, in recruiting right now. Is that fair to say with, with yeah. seasons getting started? Um, because I am I'm definitely going to go to the beach next week. And I'm probably going to operate business as usual next week. And I'm able to do that because really, it, for recruiting purposes, recruiting is definitely year-round. But this is one of those rare times in the year that it does slow down a bit because – the, the high school kids are preparing for their season. College is preparing for their season. It's a dead period, so you can't have any visits. You, As we've seen, um, we do have one more announcement, which we'll talk about um, a little bit. Um, probably We probably need to talk about it first before we get into some of the other stuff we wanted to talk about. But uh, we have a, a Javarius Green is announcing on Friday. That's more of an outliner than anything else because most of these kids have already made their decision. Most of them made their decision in July. So August is more about just kind of preparing for the upcoming season. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not a lot going on, which is good for me because as you saw last week, I'm able to go to a bunch of practices, a bunch of scrimmages and that sort of thing and not have to worry about, you know, because these, these practices, you're, you're, you're out in the field um, for three hours and don't have great access to computers. So it's great to be able to do that, not have to worry about somebody committing unexpectedly and having to rush my car. Yeah, and you mentioned hot, right? Yes. We talked about it on the beat, uh, sort of on the beat live last night, or on the beat light live last night. I can't believe how hot it was at practice yesterday in Chapel Hill. I mean, so I went outside and played a little basketball with my daughter in the driveway, and it definitely was hot, but I felt like really... It was so incredibly humid. Probably the most humid day I felt like of the summer, and I've been out almost every day. Yeah, and I normally so love humid. it. Yeah, I normally love it and uh, love to get a good sweat and all that stuff. You feel like you're doing something, getting some exercise, or or, or not just sitting in the in the house. But it, it was brutal. The football players and anybody that works outside, um, shout out to everybody because. Uh, Wow. I hope, I hope those days. And then the storms were insane around here. I mean, yeah, was, yeah. It, um, something shook my house yes, yesterday and we lost power for like 30 seconds. What, um, what time, what time's practice? Cause they I don't start, know. They usually, you know, before school has started or classes have started, they're practicing at 10. So they're 10 to 12 ish usually. Um, but you figure you got to warm up, you got to get there and all. So they're, I would say those guys must roughly have, uh, you know, four hours, four, four and a half hours worth of time in it and time doing that stuff during. And, and don't be fooled. The morning time is just as hot. Um, but I walked across that turf, you know, a little bit on the way in to, to see Max thing. And it was just brutal. It was like an oven. And those dudes are out there running and getting in work and doing sprints and all just crazy. Um, but yeah, they, they're usually in the mornings. I think they'll go earlier in the mornings when classes get started up, but, and it's not just the players, right? The coaches are in it, Max yeah. in it, all the managers, all the people that handle all the video work and all that kind of stuff. They're all out in it too. So 
and it's not just North Carolina, it's everywhere. It's every school. And so shout out to everybody. And then, like I mentioned, shout out to people that work in it. Yeah. You, know, you got road construction going on. I mean, those dudes, hey, they're tougher than I am, especially at my, at my age. So Deeper shout out age. to everybody that deals with it. And stay safe. And what do I say? Hydrate. Drink your water. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely yeah, drink so, your water. Uh, my water so, is actually sh- I may have to I got you keep mine. talking. You keep talking. Well, you know, I think um, you know, as Don goes to get to stay hydrated, a shout out to the folks that have stayed inside today and want to be a part of the inside Carolina noon dish. Like I said, it's a slow time in recruiting. And hydrating Don, is a is a full day thing. You don't just do it after you're out in the heat or right before. Yeah, they always say if you wait till you start sweating, you've waited too long. Um, so anyway, and Max said they had to get practice in the heat because, you know, South Carolina game will be at night, but it's still going to be hot. And then you got day games with Minnesota and App State um, right soon after that. But anyway, anything we need to talk about, Don, before we get into right. – uh, well, well, I sent you – I sent you kind of a working – did you see that? God, Tommy, okay. wake up. Oh, I saw it, man. I yeah, got so, so many let's, screens let's up. Let's before. talk Javar's screen. Yes, let's talk uh, Javar's screen. Announcing Friday, change the time to 2.30. I, I know I should have this, should know this for sure, but um, he was originally going to do it just before kickoff of his uh, season opener. That's right. High school football, at least in North Carolina and a few other states in the region, they start off football actual games on on friday and this weekend which is pretty crazy so um yes so he's going to announce at his gym his finalists are north carolina michigan state and alabama he he only took officials to north carolina and michigan state that's probably where it's going to come down to those two schools he also made a very curious visit back to north carolina in july for that carolina olympics event that recruiting event that they did and at that point you know we did a story with him i'm not going to give away too much we did a story with him afterwards go check that out if you haven't already where he kind of gives his mindset and i think if you kind of connect the dots a little bit that you can kind of get an idea of where he's leaning but he's announcing it'll be at least on his instagram on um instagram live on friday at 2 30 from crest high school it will not be live on the noon dish no. <laughs> and we'll get to that we'll get to that in a second um but yeah but, so so don just as a is a you know obviously north carolina's got um ship mm-hmm. and taylor mm-hmm. and keenan jackson all committed on the wide receiver front what um is there a difference in Javaris Green's skill set, or is he, he, he another guy that fits those same molds? Just a little bit of nugget for folks to uh, to chew on while they wait for that commitment on Friday. What, what's he bring to the table? So he's more of a slot guy, whereas those those three other commits are more of outside guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, in general, wide receivers, you can move them around. You could do a lot of different things, but if we're just going to kind of categorize them they would be outside guys uh taylor probably more than the other two definitely more than the other two could play some some slot but um green is definitely if you were going to categorize him a slot guy he could definitely play on the outside too but you know fast guy natural athlete this is a kid who grew up 
he was being a star in baseball and that was his focus up until his I believe it was his uh sophomore season he started to kind of focus a little bit more on um on football and now football has become such a focus that he has not decided yet on whether he would graduate early. He, he can academically, but he's actually considering just, you know, where, whatever school that he chooses going to that school in January. And then, um, which would mean he wouldn't play his senior season of baseball, but he wants to do both sports in, in college also, but yeah, but just kind of getting back to him as a football player, definitely more of a slot guy. I think the fact that he hasn't been, you know, when we look at Ship, we look at Jackson, we look at Taylor. These are guys who've been playing seven on seven for a very long time, focusing on wide receiver for a very long time, you know, uh, being trained for a very long time. Um, Green, that's not him. He's a little bit more raw, but he's also, you know, his dad's Willie Green, who played in the NFL, so he also has the pedigree too. So I think that there's a there's there's a high ceiling there with Green, just because a lot hasn't been kind of refined with him just yet now with that um obviously jonathan paylor committed nc state um that was another wide receiver target for north carolina would that sort of wrap up north carolina's skill position recruiting class for 2024 would that be fair yeah barring anything unforeseen happening that that would be it i mean really beyond this whether Green chooses North Carolina or not, beyond this uh, weekend, um, North Carolina's focus is only going to be on the defensive line unless something arises where they need to address another position. And I wanted to cor- correct something. I think a lot of people thought that it was Green or Paler or that Green and Paler were similar mold guys, and that's just not the case. And Mac mentioned, and and you can chime on this, Tommy, about George Petaway playing kind of a slot slash running back role that's actually what they were pitching paler on north carolina that is as you wouldn't be just strictly a slot receiver you would be like a running back sort of thing and this would fit you perfectly and you're seeing george kind of do that and and i've said multiple times that if i was going to compare petaway i'm sorry if i was going to compare any uh paler to anyone it would be petaway i felt like they're a very similar style of of athletes Um, And so UNC, I think, is kind of recognizing that, hey, you know, let's let's get as much out of Petaway as possible by playing a little bit of wide receiver. um, What are your thoughts on just kind of Mac was kind of finally kind of broke the ice on that situation? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the Petaway skill set, you got to get him on the field um, and use him. And, you know, if he's sitting over there on the sidelines, it's doesn't help you much so they, they've worked him into the slot some obviously Carolina's got some slots you've got Kobe Pacer that played slot you got Nate McCollum that's played slot um, and, and so Petaway there will be another body another potential you know he's electrifying athlete he can make people miss in space and so to get him on the field some way you slide him out because the running back room is just it's so I mean it's I wouldn't say stacked because that kind of yeah, deep. That's the better way to put it. Because when you say stacked, I think North Carolina's tight end room is stacked mm-hmm. because you've got three guys that have proven that they can play at a high level. The running back room is deep, still searching for somebody to, to stand out there. But to, to move Petaway um, or to put Petaway in a position to be able to make plays in space, 
he's got to catch the football, um, and he's gotten better at that. Um, so I think that's a good a good thing for him personally, but also for North Carolina's offense because um, you can never have too many playmakers yeah. you know, at wide receiver, and you put another one on the field there, and then it just opens up everything. And then you, you think about the Tez Walker situation, and I'm not going down that path again because we talked about it a lot yesterday. But, you know, if he's out there and he drags at least one, maybe two guys with him every play deep, then you put a guy like Petaway underneath and he may be matched up against a linebacker or a safety, and you'll take that every day. And so to get him on the field in that way is, is another way to sort of expand the offense for North Carolina. If Paler is is that type of athlete, and I'll freely admit I haven't watched Paler that much, he looks bigger than Petaway, um, then NC State got a good one. And State's had you know, success with guys in that role in the past. So anyway. There is a question as, in the chat that kind of mentions what you're talking about from Sleet Rat. I've been starring. Sleet Rat. Top five podcast. No, no. The, it's the most recent. This is great radio. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it could be some of everything. It's working paid away in the slot, more of an indication of his running back status uh, to prevent a transfer or to simply get a weapon on the field. I, I think it's all it all plays a part, but it, his ability to play that spot and, and to, you know, bring that extra dimension to North Carolina's offense is something that they – can use and certainly will use, but also you want kids want to play. If you're not playing and you're not getting on the field, well, in this day and age, folks are transferring. So, is it a direct result of to prevent a transfer? I don't know, but does it help them win? Then you play them there. And the running back room, like I said, I think Petaway would be from a purely running back standpoint. I think Petaway would be fourth, fifth on that depth chart. And I think he has been. And so getting him on the field that way as a quote unquote change of pace guy, you know, you can't go wrong there and um, let him show what he can do. And, and it helps North Carolina all the way around. Good question. So you're at ton of questions Don. I can't keep up with everything. Good <laughs> gracious. But um, let me answer a question I saw earlier. Okay. So I can go ahead. Okay. Uh, Shire said, do you remember the player that died from the heat back in the, um, 60s it was in 1971 it was bill arnold i knew it was arnold but i wanted to make sure i got his first name correct died uh collapsed at practice i think labor day weekend ish and then died a couple weeks later and that sort of changed the game on um, how practices are run how um, hydration and you know we saw during the soccer game at, at, at keenan which i haven't really ever seen on a professional level they had cool down time where professional athletes took a break to get some water, you know, to hydrate, to rest a bit. So hydration is extremely important in, in practices in college football. And if you've ever been around North Carolina practice, they are constantly screaming, get hydrated, stay hydrated, drink, drink, drink. And so, yes, uh, Arnold's death changed a ton of the way we do things in, in sports. It's hard to believe that's been 52 years ago. All right. What other questions? Let me get into another question. And you're listening to Don Callahan with the Noon Dish. Here you go, Don. Here's an interesting one from Yancey Collins. Don, we play Isaiah Campbell, I assume high school guy. What can we expect out of him? 
Yeah, so I actually was at Southern Durham's practice on um, Friday. And shout out to Darius Robinson, the head coach there, because it was supposed to be just purely a walkthrough practice because late last week, a lot of co- a lot of high schools were, you know, in the middle of scrimmages, you know, and I think, I think their situation was they had a scrimmage on Thursday and they had another one on Saturday. So Friday was going to be a light practice and it was just going to be a walkthrough, but he put in some um, individual workout stuff so that I can get some good photos of Isaiah and some of his teammates. Apparently they're, they're going to have a really good defensive line, just not just with um, Isaiah, but um, they have some other other younger guys who, who look pretty good on the hoof, at least at defensive line. They have a bunch of skilled players. I mean, Southern always has some good skilled players too. Um, younger guys. Like, I mean, he was showing me some 27s. One kid was like this unbelievable track uh, kid in, in middle school that they're really excited about. But anyway, for Isaiah in particular, I mean, he's, he's going to wreak havoc. He's going to put a lot of pressure on the backfield, whether against the run or against the pass. I mean, he's a massive kid. He, he works really hard, um, and he's a strong kid. He's coached really well. I mean, I you know I, I'm trying. I don't know who um, through through this the high school that that you're representing. Um, I'm curious uh, because if you guys have an offensive line that's going to be able to con- kind of contain him because it's it's going to be a long night if you can't. Yeah, um, see what high school. Show, throw that in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Let's school. know what high school it is. Um. But um, Hartsville, we scrimmage Havelock last Wednesday and Hartsville Saturday. I haven't seen which high school they're with. That's, they're all over the place yeah. doing that. But, you know, Don, if you've got a, a explosive dude on the defensive line in high school. Oh, Scotland. Okay, I should know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Scotland as good as they – Scotland County used to be solid back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a couple of years, you know. Um but uh, they usually have a good team, so you know we'll see. But yeah, I know that Campbell's a really good player. I mean, that was uh, Southern's pretty lucky. He transferred there this off season. He was playing at Snow Hill, which is a smaller school, and now he's going to get a whole lot of more exposure. And I think it's going to be good for him from a competitive standpoint. He'll get challenged a lot more while playing for uh, Southern. Uh- question that i'll take john fox asked who are the fastest guys on the roster behind tez i think nate mccollum is extremely fast if you heard nate's players lounge he says he felt like he could he could hang with him um, there's some other guys that are you know Petway Petway was fast as a recruit yeah i mean i just tez walker's speed is just different um so we'll have to see who steps up who starts on the outside if tez doesn't play that's more of team stuff which don is not with. I think, you know, J.J. Jones played out there a lot last year. Um, Pesor's play has moved around. Gavin Blackwell can play on the outside. Uh, they've got some options. It's just that Walker's ability makes certain things. I called it yesterday. They sort of steal touchdowns or get free touchdowns with the way he can run. I know you don't want to talk about this, but I just feel like it's just – I feel like the NCAA eventually is going to, you know, give in. You would think so, right? Yeah. I mean, you you would think that, but then you run, you know, do you get in a situation where, all right, you will make such a big deal about it. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I think that, is that a thing? 
we'll talk about pettiness and all at some point today. Yeah, I. Um, but is that is, Mac definitely has done a good job of rallying up the media to kind of help his cause. It's just you know, I mean, that's what Mac is probably best at, and and he really did. I mean, national guys, and and you know. I mean, I think there's there's just a really strong case for all of this, but yeah, and there's so much stuff that goes on across the country that I say we never hear about. I mean, we we would never hear about some eligibility issue at Arizona, Arizona, for example, yeah. if if this sort of full court press and the media didn't go, but some you know, with the way social media is, you can hear about anything anywhere these days and so they've definitely put it out there i think he should play um I, I think he needs to play for himself and his family but you know who knows what the ncaa does they they gonna do what they want to do and you know there's legal recourse and all that but ultimately I, I and people that are saying play him and screw the ncaa you can't do that and there's yeah. no way north carolina does that they you're just asking for trouble um you know, North Carolina invited the NCA into the house before, and we see how that all shook out. Yeah, you know, we're still yeah, no, that about wouldn't it. be a good idea. So anyway, uh, let me get grab a couple questions again. Drop your questions for Don. Well, do we want to get into the elephant in the room stuff yet? Not yet. We'll do it after the break. Okay. Uh, KM Shire says, Tommy, where will you guys be positioned, stationed in Charlotte on the second? So we are going to be at 1200 South Graham Street, which is now Frothy Beard Brewing. Um, it is a cool place. Um, Go Heels on the Inside Carolina Message Boards has set up the this place. He's got a ton of parking um, passes. You know, I think they're all probably taken now, but you can hit him up on the message boards and see if there's any options there. We set up behind the brewery last year or at the ACC championship game. And it was cool. I mean, it was packed with fans. There were some Clemson fans at that, so I assume there'll be some South Carolina fans around. But, I mean, it was just a ton of inside Carolina people, great food and all. I know the Rams Club and all that stuff are having a tailgate elsewhere in Charlotte. Um, but if you're an inside Carolina person, you need to, if you can't park there or if you're staying in Charlotte, walk over to Frothy Beard at 1200 South Graham Street and join us. We'll be there three hours before kick. And so three hours for two hour show, Joey Powell and I and Inside Carolina Live. It's cool. It is a great place to meet a ton of people. It'll probably be hot and it'll probably get a little wild out there, but it's definitely a place to be. And we're going to try to, you know, obviously stream it on WCHL and all that stuff. So if you can get there, get there. Um, it's, you know, three tenths of a mile from the stadium, you know, but it's uh, worth the walk. And definitely will be there. All right. Let's take a break. Talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We'll do it a little bit early so we can get to the elephant. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Don Callahan. But the real reason we're here is from Inside Carolina and your support with Inside Carolina. And part of that is supporting Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They give you 10% off if you're a premium member. I would assume that most people here are premium Inside Carolina members or Inside Carolina premium members. Um, if you weren't, you wouldn't know Don Callahan. So if you're not a member, join it. A perk of that is you get 10% off your Johnny T-shirt orders. It's football season. They've got everything you could possibly need. Jerseys, hats, T-shirts, you know, anything you need for the for the cooler. I love cooler stickers. They've got stickers. They've got uh, 
everything that you could possibly need with North Carolina on it at Johnny T-Shirt. If you're in ca- on campus or around Chapel Hill, stop by on East Franklin Street. If you're not and you can't get there, johnnytshirt.com's got you covered. Great customer service. We'll let the national pay the bills on the audio version. It's the Noon Dish with Don Callahan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don Callahan is... There is one more question about Chris Culver. You see that? Uh, Mathletics. Okay, so you just messed me up. You told me we had to move on, and now i got to go back. Hey, I'm fine. Whatever. Mathletics. Okay, uh, Mac Brown specifically mentioned Chris Culver yesterday. He, he brought him up and mentioned him as a guy that's been playing well in practice. Culver got to campus, I guess, where were we, in mid-August. He got to campus probably June. So he hadn't been there very long. He's got a lot to learn, um, but he's getting many reps in practice, and he's another one of those wide receivers, along with fellow freshman Christian Hamilton, who Hamilton's been there since January. But these guys um, have shown the ability to play. Got to learn to play. Got to get ramped up to college football. It's a little bit different. But Don Culliver is one of your guys that you've been all over for two, three years. So I'll, you're, you're grinning like a parent. Yeah, well, no, I mean – so here's the thing, like everyone knows, in case you don't know, if Culliver had his own set of cheerleaders, I would be the biggest and ugliest of that group. OK, I've been tooting this kid's horn for a very, very long time. And I've been I've been advocating for him with the the rankings. Com- uh, yeah, the rankings committee at 247 for a very long time. And I mean, I, I think he's an absolute stud, has everything that you need. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's making a little bit of buzz. The question though is early playing time. I mean, what what is that? What does that actually mean? You know, uh, I. In addition to that, I have always said that history stats say that true freshmen don't play nearly as much as you expect them to. We dealt with the same thing with Andre Green a couple of years ago, and so it. I don't expect him to make this huge impact, especially when you're looking at, you know, a wide receiver group that has, you know, Nate McCollum and, and I think Tez Walker, you know, Blackwell, Andre Green, like I mentioned, Kobe Paysauer, you know, uh, JJ Jones. I mean, all these guys who have been in college for a very long time. I mean, maybe Culver is the exception. I think if there's anyone who's going to be an exception, he's a great candidate, but I don't, I don't anticipate him playing a whole lot just because of the experience that's there at that position. But I definitely expect him to have a great college career because I think the kid's an absolute 
stud. He's a natural playmaker, great size, great speed, you know, great ball skills. Yeah, I've said before, and I'll say it again here, the skill positions on offense at North Carolina will never be an issue. When you've got guys that we're talking about, and Don's talking about a freshman in Culliver that is probably seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth on the depth chart in, at the, in the wide receiver room, and, he, and Don speaks that way from him, about him, North Carolina's going to be fine there. If he gets in, gets five or ten catches this year, um, I think he's impressed. I don't know if I'd burn a red shirt um, to do it because of the talent they have ahead of them, but injuries happen and, and guys step up. Don, just for folks watching this, compare high school, Andre Green and Chris Culliver. So I think one of the things is even though Culliver doesn't play in like, I mean, he plays what, 2A ball, I think. It might even be 1A um, ball. Um, you know, the issue I, or the, the concern I always have with Andre Green is the lack of competition in the private school high, uh, pri- private school league he played in in Virginia. The, it's like a it's like a really crazy sort of situation because all those teams have like legit top level recruits on their roster. I'm talking about these high school teams that that Andre Green play uh, play against. I mean, George Petaway was was you know, on an, an, one of his opponents at one point. But the guys around those guys typically aren't very, very good. They're typically pretty bad. So, um, Andre, there was a learning curve, and I think we saw that for Andre to, you know, step up in competition. And also he was another, I believe, did not enroll in, until the summer. So that put him back a little bit. And so because those private schools typically don't allow for early graduation. But as far as talent-wise, you know, Andre Green is just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable ball skills. I mean, he's a he's a spectacular catch waiting to happen. Um, you know, I think Culliver is more of a you know take the top off the defense sort of guy. Um, you know, the, there's some similarities. Uh, you know, I think you could definitely use them, and uh, there's some differences too. Um, you know, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think and, and Culliver is a, a little bit, even though he played a whole bunch and played against great competition and played seven on seven, you know, uh, through, you know, he played for the Stars for a little bit, although he didn't play his last year or his last two years. But um, a little bit on the raw side, he played for a small school. So they had him play everywhere. You know, they would put him at quarterback and just kind of run him, um, put him at running back some, did a bunch of different things. He played. DB, so he couldn't just focus strictly on wide receiver. So there's a little bit of refinement that's kind of needed for Culliver, whereas Green definitely trained nonstop for the wide receiver position. He did play some defensive back, but you know he was training for specifically for the wide receiver position. I mean, there was you know North Carolina. Um, if my memory serves me correct, when they initially offered Culliver, they offered him as a DB. Actually, I'm, as it's coming back to me, he was offered at at the Showtime camp while working out as a DB under Jay Bateman. And that's when he was offered. And so he's a, he's more of a raw guy that I think, you know, as time progresses and as he's coached up, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot more out of him. Yeah. I mean, and, and if he plays, that means he is impressed impressively 
uh, his coach coaching staff because, like Mac has said over and over, they're going to play guys that can help them win, and he's he's got a ways to go, but definitely talented. Andre Green, same way. Um, if, if he can be a part of the four, four or five, six player rotation at the position, then that means he's stepped up and gotten better. Anything left, Don? Well, um, I want to address the Irish tan comments oh, i saw that but i was gonna let it slide but uh so they are absolutely right i have the worst um i guess farmer's tan going on just because of the, being outside for the practices and everything like that and then you know my my daily walks and that sort of thing i mean do it looks not, like do you not wear a hat so i i started to um wear a <laughs> visor because i was starting to get a little bit of sunburn right in here well, when I go to practices, I wear a wear visor. But then my, my walks, I wasn't. And then I started to just actually recently. I, I need to get one of those big. My That's wife only buy one. She thinks they look stupid. I don't care. I, <laughs> I've got a big old, uh, you know, the big hat, the straw hats. That's I what care. I need to get because I don't, I don't care anymore about looking stupid. <laughs> I, I'd rather look stupid than be roasted. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody yeah, says, yeah. "Oh, he looks stupid." Well, I don't have third degree burns on my nose yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, especially this day and age, you get cooked in a hurry. Don Callahan with the Irish tan—I'd call it a farmer's tan. Um, you need to get one of those shirts that you can get sun through, so you don't have a. You know, they've got like bikinis <laughs> that ladies can wear that you sun through, so there's no tan lines. You need. <laughs> shirt like that yeah i don't yeah that's too much <laughs> thinking involved i'm just trying to get my either do my job or get my walk in you uh we do need to get you off the cargo pants though cargo pants are so you know so so i mean that was the thing that ross would get me on i don't know if i wear them anymore i don't know i felt like the other day when i saw you um, wherever it was you had cargo pants on okay. i mean I if you need if you need more than two front pockets and two back pockets you probably just need to carry a book bag or something. Uh, hey, look, I mean, here's the thing. My wife buys my clothes. I don't buy clothing anymore. My wife buys my clothing, and I that's all I care about. And it's just like, whatever. I mean, I, so I fought her on buying a new pair of sneakers for me for a long time, and she finally bought them for me. And actually, I'm thankful she did because I was complaining about my, my feet, and she was like, oh, it's because you have old sneakers. I'm like, no. But she was she was actually right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let this conversation slide. I, I will, I'm strictly a comfort person, but I'm not trying to get roasted. And, um, yeah, I'm with you. You, you spoken like a true kept man though, with <laughs> my wife buys my clothes. She tells me what to do, tells me what not to do anyway. All right. Let's talk about Gus Ritchie. Gus Ritchie, of course, came on the inside Carolina podcast or on the noon dish podcast a couple of weeks ago, I guess two weeks ago today. Um, Committed to North Carolina, had a discussion about it, um, expressed his love for North Carolina and the coaches and and all of that. And then 11 days later, um, officially or publicly announced a decommitment. Um, I think that was in the process a little bit before 11 days later, I guess. So earlier this week. Don, what you got? I mean, I have an, I have some opinions, but it's not. Yeah, really, it so- doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm curious about your opinions because you are a part of this stuff. Um, let me just go through the timeline as I kind of laid it out. I talked to a bunch of people, just kind of get an idea. Before, so in late July, I went to one of his practices. Okay, I think I mentioned this. And 
he did not talk about committing at all. It was strictly about narrowing it down, having his favorite schools list. And he was talking about how Tennessee and I think Georgia Tech had been talking to him and he wanted to wait to see what they were going to do before he named his favorite schools list. Again, no conversation of commitment. It, I believe, so then he goes to the, to the Alpha Wolf camp at NC State, which is similar to North Carolina Showtime camp, only they hold it in July. And something happened there whether it was an actual commitment or he basic or he started kind of thinking about a commitment or talking about a commitment or whatever it was, something happened there along those regards. I, I kind of sort of believe he committed to NC State while he was there. Okay. So then he goes home. Then something kind of sort of happens to kind of change his mindset. He mentioned some people kind of got into his ear. His trainer, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but I'm just kind of laying out. It's possible that that happened. You know, his, his trainer played at UNC. He lives in Pittsburgh. And if you've been to Pittsburgh, it's practically Chapel Hill. So you could, walk. Are, you, you could legitimately walk from Pitt, from there to Chapel. It'd be a tough walk, but you could walk. It. Yes. And there are a lot of pro UNC forces there. I'm sure, I'm sure everywhere. So if he talked to his neighbor, you know, about committing to NC State. I'm sure that they would try to, to talk him out of it. So anyway, the next day was North Carolina's Carolina, Carolina Olympics event, and he shows up to that. Now, I, from all I gathered, he, as he's arriving there, was kind of giving the impressions to the staff that he was thinking about committing to North Carolina. And... um. You know, he actually, I guess, had told some of the writers at NC State the day prior that he was thinking about making a decision the following week. So anyway, so he arrives in North Carolina with this, the impression that he was going to commit to North Carolina. And by, by Gus's own admission, he says that he committed to North Carolina that day. He told us that and all that. He contacted me and didn't say he committed, but basically implied that he had committed. So I said, hey, can we can we talk on the phone? He gave me a call. We talked a little bit. He told me he had committed. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, what's the plan? That sort of thing. He's working through it. And then um, agreed, you know, to definitely keep me in the loop and everything. And then the following day, we were talking. And I was just kind of, we were just kind of spitballing ideas. And I said, hey. You know, for our reaction pod, not our original pod, which is the noon dish reaction pod, we could have you on there. You know, you just tell me when and all that. And he said, well, he said, you want me to announce on the actual pod? And I was like, you know, that's cool with me. You know, we've never done that before. So I did tell him to clear it with his parents and then get back to me. He did. Everything was cool. And then, as you know, we did it on that Tuesday. And he committed. I mean, did did anyone and did you on that day think that there was any sort of second guessing at all? Didn't sound like it, but I also know that he is a rising junior in high yes. school. Yes, and I'll get to that. Um, a, a week later, I received a tip from a source, a very reliable source, who said, "Hey, I don't believe this, but um, sounds like NC State is trying to flip." Richie and that they're having some success. 
So I said, okay, how believable, you know, and they were like, that's, that's what I was told. Pretty reliable. I was like, all right. And then Saturday, same source reached out to me and said, Hey, just let you know, one o'clock today, Richie's going to announce his flip to NC state. So, um, now as far as like what I think, um, I think that, I think that he probably grew up North Carolina is a strong favor for him, but I think during the recruiting process, NC state somehow was able to supplant UNC and that he committed at the alpha wolf camp. People kind of got into his ear, made him reconsider. Then he committed. Then he just got, he was in commitment mode. So he's like, I'm just going to commit to North Carolina and then has some regrets because I think that NC state was a strong player from him from the get go. I think that all, I mean, some people talked about, you know, was this orchestrated? I don't think that at all, not in the least bit. Too many adults were involved in this for that to happen. Parents, coaches, all that sort of stuff. And even NC state, I don't think would, would, you know, try to orchestrate. It's just, it's just too much, too people, too many people involved. And there's just not this huge benefit. Plus a former UNC offensive lineman was definitely kind of involved in a lot of this stuff. And so I don't think he would have allowed that to happen. Um, I think really you touched on it. He's a 16 year old kid. I have two kids. He's going to be, he's a rising junior. I have two rising juniors in my house. The things that they do, the things that I deal with, with them, the decisions that they make are just insane. So for, to expect that a, you know, another kid similar doesn't surprise me that they, that they kind of mishandled this a little bit. And I think that played a role in this. Um, but I don't, I don't think it was, this was over a position. That was something that was brought up a bunch because Mac Brown specifically gave Richie the choice. And we could talk about the fact that, oh, well, he didn't want to play tight end because the depth chart. That's ridiculous because North Carolina's tight end depth chart two years from now is going to look vastly different. So I don't think it was the position stuff. Is it an attraction that he likes uh, uh, Robert Nye's offense at NC State? Sure. But I think this came down to he was more comfortable at NC State and that North Carolina kind of temporarily flipped him. Also, his girlfriend is um, um, she's she's a year ahead of him. She's going to she's going to go to school as a student at NC at, at UNC UNC. So I'm sure that kind of was somewhere. And she could have been the one that was in his ear. I mean, who knows who was actually in his ear? Tommy, I said a lot. Your thoughts? I mean, I I really don't care. You know, I mean, here's the deal: if it was orchestrated by an adult by adults, which I don't, I agree with you. I don't think, you know, a lot of people text me and say, y'all got played. You got played. LOL. I got state people that I've, that are in my phone, um, that I've known forever. I mean, who, who does it hurt to be wishy-washy? Does it hurt the noon dish? No. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we, you provided this young man an opportunity to, you know, for a platform to announce his commitment. And he did. And then he flipped. I think one thing I never want to be known as is wishy-washy. Make a decision and stick with it. You know, my favorite saying is the roads are full of flat of flat squirrels who, who could not make a decision. <laughs> That's actually, I've never heard that before. Well, I use it. I had it on my office at work. Roads are full of flat squirrels that could not make a decision. So make a decision and stick with it. 
he's a young man um, trying to figure it out. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. You know, it, let's be realistic. It's a 2025 recruit that won't be on campus for another two years. If it were orchestrated, and this is what's funny to me, and this is what I said to the NC State people, if you guys are playing chess instead of checkers or, you know, bingo, you would have left him, your plant committed up until signing day. Yeah. And then you flip. Yeah. And then that's how it ends up screwing North Carolina or hurting North yeah. Carolina. At this point, I don't think North Carolina's any yeah. worse off at all. And, and to be realistic, you know, he's he's a guy that, you know, as of right now is not fully developed. He may turn into be a monster. He may not. You never know. I just think – it's so ridiculous that people laughing and, and here's the last thing I'm going to say on it, Don. And I mentioned it's the issue via text. I heard from people once he decommitted from North Carolina that said, he's not any good. He stinks. You know, my kids play against him from other schools, this and that he he's terrible. He's trash, which is the same thing I read or heard from my NC state fans when he committed to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And those same people that were saying he was trash for committing to North Carolina are, are laughing at North Carolina because now he's part of that family yeah. in there. So the bottom line is it's recruiting. It's recruiting these days. Kids flip. Um, kids change their mind. And things happen. You know, the school will be fine. The fan base will ultimately be fine. All he's done is make a large portion of the opponent's fan base really dislike him. <laughs> we've seen how that goes um, for people, you know, over the course of their careers. So anyway, kind of is what it is. I kind of feel bad um, for the folks that think that um, like Don is wrong or, or Don got played and all that kind of stuff, which I think that's ridiculous. But anyway, have I said enough? Have you said enough? Are we good here? Are we good chat? Let us know. Yeah, I just, yeah, no, well, what you touched on is kind of a general problem I have, you know, if with the, the fans just sw- flipping, it's just, it drives me nuts just with, because this kid's committed to your school, he's the greatest thing. And when he's not, he's not the greatest thing, you know, yeah. um, and that, that drives me nuts. You know, it's it's like, oh, I, I like speaking of podcasts. I like this podcast when they're talking positively about my school. Oh, they said something negative yesterday. Would they must have an agenda? It's like, come on, no, they they said something negative about your school. You know, it's just like, it drives me nuts. Yeah, um, I mean, just but it, but it is. I wouldn't commit. I, I would tell. I can honestly say this: if my if I had a child in that position. As a parent, I would not let them make a decision like that that early. Yeah. Period. And that, that applies to every recruit that commits so far out. I mean, I see high school guys in high school baseball. They commit to a school when they're freshmen or sophomores. I mean, that's just not happening. And for me as a parent, but I don't blame anybody in it. And, you know, good for NC State. They got a tight end from Pittsburgh. Um, if they want to claim it's in North Carolina's backyard, sure, it is. It's in North Carolina's backyard. And, um, you know, we'll be three years older 
or four years older or even five years older when we see if it makes a difference on the football field. Yeah. Ultimately. But for him, good luck. Yeah. Good luck yeah. No, he's a great kid from a great family. You know, um, I'm sure if they had to do it again, they would have done it differently. I think really it was a kid. That's, that's the main thing. It was a kid making a decision and um, kind of got caught up in everything. And this recruiting process, and you know, I talk to, to parents all the time and they'll reach out to me even, I mean, I actually talked to probably more parents who's recru- who, whose kid is not a UNC recruit. And I tell them the unfortunate thing about the recruiting process is most families only get to go through it once unless you're fortunate to have, you know, a younger son or, or I guess daughter, if it's another sport or whatever. And throughout it, you're second guessing everything. You're trying to figure out everything out. You have people who have agendas kind of giving you advice. I'm talking about the college coaches that are recruiting you. And my, this is not just in North Carolina. It's, it's all the colleges that are, that are recruiting your son. They have an agenda. They're giving you advice. They're telling you what to do. And then you finally become, a, become an expert at the whole recruiting process when it's over, you know? And so it's just, it's, um, it's a tough process for a parent to go through. You know, yeah. just, just, you know, regardless of what level you're on, it's actually, I think it's a lot harder for guys who aren't in Richie's position when you're trying to make, I mean, there's tons of parents who reach out to me, who again, North Carolina is not involved. And they say, Hey, we have an offer at a parent say, we have an offer from Duke and Duke is like, Hey, we can't, we can't hold this spot forever. And then, but the, you have these other schools who said they might offer us, what do we do? And I'm like, well, you guys have to make the best decision for you, you know, but there is a chance Duke fills up and you lose that scholarship. And then these other schools don't offer you. I mean, there's a huge gamble in a lot of this stuff too. And so yeah. you make these decisions thinking that you're making the correct decisions and you just hope that they're right. It's just like everything else that you do when you're a parent of a kid. But I really think that if you have kids or have had kid high school kids and kind of just remember that these recruits are high school kids, I think the whole situation makes a lot more sense. And recruiting in general makes a whole a lot more sense. These aren't robots. These are kids who make terrible decisions all the time. Um, and, y- you know, you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. And and the grownups, that the fans and all, should not get twerked up so much about yeah. a, a high school age kid making a decision that makes them mad. I yeah. mean – it, everybody will be fine ultimately in the end. Um, but like I said earlier, um, this whole saga or whatever we want to call it and overblow it is, I mean, it's just made a large portion of the fan base dislike the young man for more than they would have if he was had gone straight to NC State or whatever. Anyway, moving on as somebody in the chat said. Yeah, so let's that. just, this is the final, we're closing the door on this. We're not going to talk about it again, unless, of course, he flips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the crazy thing. I mean, I mean, if someone said, hey, in six months, he flips back to North Carolina, would that shock you? No. I mean, especially with his girlfriend going to UNC and all this other stuff. I mean. Right. Nothing surprises me recruiting, and that's yeah, why I have that, so yeah, much respect yeah, for you to follow it, because I'd be like, that's, I that's, know what I would say. That's the thing, too, <laughs> is that. And because people are like, well, did that surprise you? And one, well, there's two reasons. One, I have accepted, I accepted a long time ago that you have to expect the unexpected with recruiting. I hate, this is another pet peeve I have with, with, with people when posters say, oh, there's no way they're going here. So many, there's so many posters said that Jonathan Paler was no way going to NC State. You can never speak in absolutes when it comes to recruiting. 
because Ooh. nothing is ever 100% and nothing's ever 0% with recruiting because we're because of all the variables that are involved and because we're dealing with high school kids. And then the other thing reason why it doesn't come as a surprise because like as I as I kind of alluded to I got the I got the heads up that hey something was brewing about a, a week ahead of time. So you know, when when I heard it was about to happen, I had already kind of eased into it a little bit. So it wasn't so shocking. So a lot of these things don't surprise me so much. Yeah. Great quote. And we're going to end that portion of the show on it. There are no absolutes in recruiting. That's period. right. Top five discussion. Don Callahan uh, unilaterally decided that we were going to have a top five today of top five sports podcasts. You make it sound like this is a dictatorship. You did, you did, but in you reality, did. when I say, hey, Tommy, what's going to top five? Oh, no, what's going to do? You yeah, know I'm, I look, I'm a people pleaser. I mean, whatever you say, I'll say yes, right? You say, oh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I'll commit to that. Oh, we're going to, yeah, I'll commit to that one too. Like, hey, Tommy, can you go bring some food for me for lunch? Yeah, probably not. You know how to get like like people ask me for stuff. I'm like, Google is your friend. Like, can you tell me about this? Google it. It's a great the thing you have this kids, computer on your hands. Kids, my kids are terrible at that. Can, can you? I mean, I think about like, man, it would have been nice to have Google when I was growing up. We had to go through the encyclopedias for stuff. Not to sound like the whole like get off my lawn thing, but it's like, God, you have a phone in your hand that you like you do is Google it. We were watching uh, Mud last night, which I highly recommend for people. It's a Matthew McConaughey movie, and everybody knows what I think about him as an actor. If you go back to that top five list, but Mud, the dude pulls out a phone book, and my youngest, who <laughs> goes to Carolina tomorrow, I said, uh, you know what that is? He said, that's phone book. Has it got every business listed in there? <laughs> and like everything by name? Is that what it is? It's, it is yeah. kind of crazy to think about now, though. <laughs> it's that like, there was this like three inches book. thick. Yeah, and had everything, everybody's number. Well, yeah, the white page is the yellow pages, but yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. These folks have no idea. Get off my lawn and them clouds better stop acting up. All right, top five podcasts. Slee Rat dropped his immediately. We're going to his top five noon dish. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> he's going for two-time MVP here. Coast to coast, shout out to joey sean and rail on that carolina insider pod with jones and adam um i've listened to that to hear the interviews a lot of the stuff they have some great guests on there the game plan in season with greg jason and i it's getting started soon i guess we'll have one of those uh, on september 30th it's nuts it's hard to believe we're or excuse me august 30th and then college football daily what, what, um, I'm curious about the college football daily where that yeah, is. Yeah, which one is that? Yeah, give me a – drop it in there. Because like I said, this is self-serving top five. Yeah. Hester says, any and all of the IC football podcasts, this could be the total top five. Another guy. I need that Denzel Washington meme that says, my man. Up first, plain English, wow in the world with the kids, whiskey casks. Interesting selections. I'm gonna have to save all these so I can. Uh, See, this is a great top five idea. I know. I need to listen to more stuff besides Don Callahan. Look at Preston. Preston is um, in the running as well for two-time MVP. Noon Dish Players Lounge. They've been great. We, we've had a great opportunity to work with Heels for Life and Graham Boone and, and those guys to line up players. Um, if anybody's watching this and did not see all of those, but especially the Elijah Green. Um, players lounge it is just fabulous um, what a great young man all of them were a lot of great stuff there on the beat 
Um, we had an on the beat light last year, last night with Adam and Jeremiah and myself. Those will get fired up next week. Cover three. That's with Bud and Danny and all them. We've had Danny Cannell on next level and Bud Elliott, of course, um, big time 24 seven guys to be the man, Ric Flair. Now I need to check that one out. Cause can I tell you something that I would never admit? I watched the Ric Flair documentary on one of these shows. I don't know if it was Netflix or Showtime. I think it was, ES- I think it was one of those ESPN 30 for 30s, I think. Dude, I cried my eyes out. Really? I felt so bad for the guy. You d- yeah, I saw that. You did feel bad. Um, I, I met him once. I did um, years and years ago. He was um, much more quiet, shorter um, than I expected. And also his ears were like huge. Um, yeah, but cauliflower ears get you super super nice guy but just i mean i very just kind of just stood there his it was at um i think it was a providence his son went there was on the football team there and uh super nice guy got his autograph and it just it was just i don't know i guess i just expected him to just woo you know well whole, hey i saw him at the south carolina carolina football game maybe in 08 or 09 in keenan and everybody had him doing that. But I've seen him and met him. I used to go see him at Dorton Arena back in the day and had an opportunity to meet him as a young person. But then later, and I mean, you're right. He's just – but the the documentary I'm talking about is uh, Becoming Ric Flair. Woo, Becoming Ric Flair on Peacock. Oh, okay. Find I saw the one it. that was on – I think it was on 30 for 30, I think. It is uh, – I, I don't know why. It just struck me emotionally. Yeah, you feel bad weird. for him because you feel like – well, we don't need to get on to it. But, yeah, you definitely feel bad for him once you kind of see the background. Um, of and him. he talked about the drinking problem he had and losing a son. Uh, it's yeah. just brutal. I was just like, it tore me to pieces. And maybe I was just emotional that day. I was in my feels. Kevin Hardy, or Kenny Hardy, hug. excuse me, says, yeah, I did. I, and my wife was like, what the hell are you crying about Ric Flair for? <laughs> I love all the IC pies, but I get my top two as the game plan and the day after mentioned the game plan earlier day after with staples and buck getting those fired up shortly uh answer that question sean crowley on the beat live Uh uh-oh we're second here don noon dish basketball coast post games in season coast to coast and the day after football podcast appreciate it sean appreciate the kind words a lot of work goes into this stuff even though sometimes i feel like y'all see too much of me rambling um, but it kind of is what it is. Yancey Collins may be the uh, MVP. I don't remember if he's ever been the MVP, but on the beat, day after, game plan, I see live, which is our Saturday show, and story time with Butch Mantell. What's that? Yeah, what is that? I'm curious. Be interested in that. Okay, Don, what are yours? Because I uh, so Sleet Rat did answer my question, college football daily from Rivals. I don't I don't mind mentioning it. No, he says from 24-7. He changed it. Oh, okay. Rivals, um, I thought did have what was it called? It had Woody Womack on there, who I think is incredibly funny. Um, they had one. They haven't. They stopped running it, but I would laugh my ass off mostly because, probably because I know Woody, and Woody's a nutcase, and he would kind of just go off. And he had some interesting other people that worked at Rivals on there too. That was funny, but they were just kind of a mess, and they couldn't run it. Normally, that would actually be my top five if they actually still had a podcast. But anyway, so my top five. So I went, I didn't do any of the IC ones. And 
I listen to, I have I have a Flyers one and a Phillies one that I listen to regularly. Like, I actually have a couple, but two I listen to regularly. But that's not going to help anybody. So um, I have two MMA ones in case anyone listens to MMA. I love uh, SPGN MMA gambling. I think is great as far as like picks and, and uh, breaking down fights and punch list. Maybe not so they gave out picks, but maybe not so great for picks. But the dude is a nut and he's <laughs> funny as hell just kind of off the wall with some of the stuff he says. Definitely, I mean, if you're someone who get, gets offended easily, he's not your cup of tea. But if you like, if you if you, if you have a good sense of humor and, and like funny stuff, then he's good. And then my um, my top three, and these are college football, so hopefully these are a little bit more helpful for people. Solid Verbal. I don't listen to them as much anymore. I, I think they got two. Um, have you ever listened to Solid Verbal? Uh, maybe once or twice, but I can't really. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just two guys, and they've been doing it for a very long time. They're not like media guys. They have day jobs. They do other things and all that. I think the one did does have some sort of media connection, but he's not like a well-named guy. But um, really well-prepared, give good insight. Um, de- I mean, the, how prepared they are for it, you can definitely tell which is pretty good, but they got a little too um, like gimmicky for me with a lot of their different things. So I just kind of slowly kind of moved away from it, but I like big bets on campus. It's an action network podcast, especially if you're into gambling, it's great. And then I like cover three. I know people are th- might think that because it's associated with us, we really don't have any sort of association with them. I just think, I think Bud, even though he nerds out a little too much for me, I think he's one of the smartest guys when it comes to, you know, gambling and just predictions and understanding college football and giving opinions. And that's where everything that he does is well researched and not only just well researched, if there's some sort of idea, like it's a good idea to whatever, to do this, you know, he actually will do the research to, to, to back up, to make sure that that is correct. So I really like bud. Um, but also the it's, it's year round. They do a lot of the podcasts, so it's almost every day when I when I look at my phone, there's a new one. It's not every day, but it's probably like three times a week, but it appears almost every day. And everything's always very timely. You know, you're not getting old stuff. They're not doing, you know, what are the, the top 25 players from the 1980s sort of stuff. It's all very timely stuff that's going on, and they get into the nitty-gritty with everything. There's also, they obviously get into the gamble gambling elements of it, which I enjoy and but it's not like so numbers based that it just bores you it's it's like okay here are the numbers here's how it's like actually related and that sort of thing that's pretty in-depth man that was pretty strong review mathletics said dave ramsey show noon dish rogan mind pump and ic live appreciate the the listens on the ic shows there so i was going back through my podcast app trying to figure out what i listen to the most okay and and i'll freely admit I don't listen to us. You know, uh, I, don't I, don't listen, listen to us. I don't listen to anything we do unless I want to go back and listen to see if I screwed something up. I will say that I listen to all my podcasts at time and a half and I sound a lot smarter sped up. Um, you know, so it's interesting to listen to it that, that way I go ESPN daily. I listen to that. They have, okay. you know, it's a wide range of topics. I always try to listen to stuff. I don't need to listen to a ton of North Carolina sports stuff um because we live it and breathe it i will listen to other interviews on other um you know with the insider carolina insider has interviews i want to hear 
and all that. I'd certainly check that out. But ESPN Daily's got a good mix of topics. It's usually a relevant topic, and it's about a 30-minute show every day. And the way they bring in somebody, um, they have different hosts, but they bring in somebody that's relevant to that. It's pretty cool. I listen to uh, One Shining Pod as much as I can with Tate Frazier, and, of course, uh, former Inside Carolina intern. That's interesting. Cover three, you mentioned those. You covered them. Um, Sunday sit down with Willie Geist, which okay. is um, it's a news show at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings, but he that, always has that, an is interview. That, is that sports? No, well, it can be. So, yes, okay. not sports. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I listen to all the smoke sometimes, depending on who the interviews, what sports personalities they are, and run your race with uh, Theo Pinson and all. But you know what my favorite one is that I listen to religiously? What's that? The Steam Room. Really? With what Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. Okay. Fabulous. They always have great guests. Um, you know, I love Charles Barkley. The dude is yeah, just... Yeah, I've always felt like he'd be a great... This is a long time ago when they were... ESPN was kind of shuffling some of the radio hosts when I would listen to sports radio. I always thought Barkley would be a good um, radio host. Yeah, Barkley is amazing on that. And, of course, Ernie Johnson is just like an angel. The stuff they talk about, they have a lot of different guests. It's a great show. I listen to that. I think during the basketball season, it's at least once a week. Um, so I listen to that a ton. Yancey put something about political podcast. No, I do not listen to political podcasts. I don't want to go into those echo chambers um, because you literally can find somebody that's going to say or spout exactly what you believe. Yeah. And then you can find somebody doing the opposite. But uh, yeah. For sports, I try to listen to interviews I'm interested in, and it's always different to get a to hear interviews about you know from people or whatever. But it, it's crazy. You mentioned this earlier, Don, when we were talking about the phone book. But it used to be you turn on the radio and whatever was on it was on it on the four yeah. or five channels you can get. Now you can literally listen to anything you want. Yeah. At any time. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty amazing. Anything left for the noon dish today? No, I think we. We covered it. Hopefully everyone is happy with us closing the door on the Gus Ritchie situation. Um, is excited about the, the announcement on Friday from Javarius green, you know, um, there, you know, I, I have plenty of stuff on intros on, on underclassmen they're coming out, which I'm sure some people are like, ah, but really these are the names that, and the, and the, the recruits that, we're going to be talking about coming up. You know, we're not going to be talking a whole lot of 2024 in the weeks coming up. You know, yep. it's all going to be about 25s and 26s. Yeah. I'm looking on the front page of Inside Carolina right now. Actually, I was like, God, is that Dexter Lawrence at Wake Forest Roseville again or Wake mm -hmm. Forest High School again? But Don's got a 2025 target, Charles House, up on the site right now. Another reason to be a part of Inside Carolina Premium. A ton of 25 announcements, or excuse me, intros is what we call them, I think ton of football related content and of course basketball recruiting everything's going on it might be the dog days of summer and it's slowed down with commitments but there's still a ton of news at inside carolina and johnny t-shirts alive and kicking need to take care of them when you're in chapel hill or online don another week is passed brother i guess next week just as a as next week we'll think of a top five we'll talk about um javaris green's decision and who knows what else will come up? Maybe there'll be some more interesting. Yeah, you just—that's that's well—that's the beauty of recruiting, as we learned over this past weekend. 
Because, I mean, really, a week ago, we probably been like, huh, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> we always have something to talk about for an hour and 10 minutes today. Gilbert on the chat, interview succession, UNC's first future, first female head manager. It's a good idea. We'll see if we can track that down on one of the Inside Carolina shows. Stay tuned for a lot more content. Stay tuned for a lot more Don Callahan news on InsideCarolina.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.